Hello, my name is Flick Beckett and welcome to The Love of Cinema, a picture house podcast proudly sponsored by Kia, the champion of independent cinema nationwide. On today's show, we meet with writer and director Lucas Dont and co-writer Angelo Tersons about their Oscar-nominated best international feature, Close. Welcome, director and writer Lucas Dunt and co-writer Angelo Dersons to the Picture House podcast. Congratulations on your universally acclaimed film, Close. As well as winning the Grand Prix at Cannes last year, you are currently Oscar-nominated for Best International Feature. Can I ask <laughs> just what this means for you, Lucas, and what you feel such an endorsement <laughs> film? <laughs> oh, my God. How does it feel? Like, it? how do I start describing <laughs> it? Like, you know, I was 12 when... My, yeah, I'm going way back now. I was 12 when my mom, she knew a friend of hers who had this small little camera with DV cassettes. And she borrowed it for a week when we had holidays. And I, for a full week, I made like costumes, I made the course. I had my mother and my brother play vampire and zombie. And I started filming and, and, and creating and diving into the world of cinema. And I think from that moment on, there's nothing I desired more than, than that. And I think at that moment in time, also because we grew up with, with, with an American, more, maybe more an American cinema, but also because cinema at that moment in time for me was a way of escaping reality or or disappearing into another reality as my own reality maybe was more conflictuous this type of cinema cinema was i think what i thought i would i would make you know when i grew grew up i would make films with sinking boats and and jungles and harrison ford saving the world and so the oscars were the were the decor of my childhood dreams so, I mean, there's nothing, I suppose, even if my adult dreams are maybe slightly different, it's, there's nothing as powerful as I feel as getting close to a childhood dream. So 12-year-old me is just jumping up and down, screaming, because I could scream quite loudly, and in my bedroom. And there's also this other thing that, that I felt when we, when we got nominated, because I had to really immediately, also I called my mom, but I immediately had to think of my mom who is a teacher, but in her free time, she would always paint. And so when I was young, I would always sit next to her while she was painting and using like color in a very expressive way. And, and I always admired her creativity enormously. You know, I, I think I got... The creativity from my mom and a sort of a sort of more um, people management from my father so but I, I think those paintings as beautiful as they are they didn't get the platform 
that I feel like now, for example, with clothes, we are getting. And it made me realize that there is so much art and so much beauty out there that is not always celebrated to this extent. So it also feels for me an enormous privilege to be a part of that celebration. What a beautiful response. <laughs> Thank you. And Angelo, for you, like, where were you when you got the news and what are your thoughts on what this nomination will do for the for the for your film and for its subject, I think I think that's the that that's of course I am I'm a I'm a I'm a bit older. So while Lucas was wanted to make Titanic, I wanted to make Jurassic Park. But the rest of the story is pretty similar. The idea that that having that um, uh, Oscar nomination now will send more people to the cinema is is amazing but the idea that more people afterwards will talk about what we wanted to talk about that's the real gift that's that's the that's the that's the biggest award basically that that audience members in real life or online will be able to talk about those things that we have talked about for a couple of years that that's just i, I still can't wrap my head around it that that is happening all over the world right now and and that is necessary and but but a, yeah like i said a beautiful gift because it's so interesting lucas like you say 12 year old you would be leaping around in your bedroom but looking at the 12 year old you that has been oscar nominated in this film that 12 year old wouldn't have presented the 12 year old that we see in close do you know what i mean it's really it's really an interesting paradox so if, I, if you were Leo, if you see what I mean, which you are, I guess. Yeah, I think I, I, I think I'm both Leo and Remy, and I think I'm also parts of the other characters that are not physically me. Because when you write, I mean, I think you give parts of yourself, of course, that a little bit everywhere, but you also collect parts of others. And I think it was that brink, you know, 12 was that moment where I started to realize that in this society, there are the body that we are born in comes with a set of rules and expectations for all of us. Although I, when I was young, I thought I was the only one for who they came that violently. And I was a very uncomfortable child and a very uncomfortable teenager who tried to conform very much to, to these expectations. So cinema for me was my was actually what got me through the dark years. It's what made me want to exist, actually, if I put it so brutally. It's what made me, it's what gave me a sort of drive to, to be and to continue and to go. And at that time, I thought to entertain. You know, I, I'll be here to entertain. Mm -hmm. It's only, I think, in film school when I, when I, saw, for example, a film like Jean Dillman by Chantal Ackerman, which was at the opposite of everything I had grown up with, that I realized, ah, the camera can also not be in a jungle running behind Harrison Ford. It can also just be a housewife in Brussels. A housewife in Brussels. Or it can also just be very next to me. 
I can just point and leave the camera next to me, which is not easier because it's quite confronting, but which is which felt more like a necessity. And uh, and so I think that now the camera is really pointed on what I saw when I was young. And I think that that's that's an important one as well. We wanted to show things that we hadn't seen when we were 12 and 13 and that we even hadn't seen in our early 30s. I mean, it, it, it's hard to find intimacy between two boys on camera or in stories or and I'm, I'm not definitely not talking about sexualized stories and I'm not talking about physical violence because it's much easier to find imagery of two men stabbing each other than two men holding each other. But I, I think for for twelve year old me and twelve year old you, I, I I wish I could have seen this film as well. And we feel it when when there are uh, screenings for schools and we do Q and A's. It's it 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 resonates there as well because it's something that we feel like we're not the only ones who missed seeing this, and and we're not the only ones who needed to see this. Absolutely. I mean, I, I've never seen that those moments of deep heartbreak and pain that are so elusive, so fleeting, those kind of micro moments between innocence and experience. And you've gone back in your mind and you've recognized them and you've written them down and you've presented them. And it's, it's really extraordinary how you've managed to, to say the unsayable. So I was really interested in in your very minimal script between the two boys and it being very physical because these emotions are almost unsayable for a great many people. Yeah, and I, I, I mean, I think it's so often our life moves in other ways because of micro things and not because of macro things. I mean, it's macro things are of course the things we all see, but I so often feel like you know, it's it's often one gesture, you know, the just the consciousness seeping in and a boy not being able to lay on, on the other boy without that consciousness, without that society looking at them in a sort of way anymore, that actually makes people go in different directions. Mm -hmm. And it can it can mean so much for life and it can mean so much for us adults. So I feel when we write because I feel we start from a very political place in the sense that, and that's also why the film starts, for example, in a bunker, like an, which is a place so often linked to masculinity and then moves into a flower field, which is the immediate contrasts with a vocabulary about soldiers, imaginary soldiers in this case, but a vocabulary that we often have heard and have often linked to young male bodies. So it starts from a political place, but I feel very early on, we try to make it about an intimate and even more about a shared experience. And we try to look for ways in which we can touch on those things I know we have all felt. We have all been at that moment in time where we break because we don't understand the impact of the breaking. And we have all pushed away and been pushed away out of fear. So it's it's finding for me those 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 dynamics 
that translate themselves in very, sometimes in very small gestures or in very physical compositions, who then eventually will say something for me much bigger. Let's go somewhere new. See worlds we've never seen before so that we can feel inspired. Whether you're sitting in a cinema or in one of our cars, inspiration comes when we feel something new. That's why our electrified range is designed to take you on inspiring journeys. Kia, proud supporter of independent cinema. Kia, movement that inspires. Angelo, I mean, that's a big ask of actors, especially young actors, to be able to convey that language. So can you tell me about your two extraordinary leads? I can. I can also thank them because because the thank, thanks to them we're 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 here talking to you now. They they are as 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 people and as performers pretty extraordinary, but they're not that extraordinary as in they they live through these experiences as we all do, as we all do when we're 12 or 13 or even when we're a, a, a lot older. But it's it's their their vulnerability and the the, the fact that there's a, a massive volcanic power in that vulnerability when it's shared when it's a shared experience when it's a shared vulnerability that that sharing that and and being able to 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 convey that is where the, this massive power lies and and the fact that they together with Lucas together with everyone around them kindly or gently supported by 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 the script and by the framework we provided that they they delivered again I, I like to talk about gifts but it's a real gift you we, we we gave them something and we got it back beautifully wrapped as a mirror and as like I said a, a way to share it with so many people so the fact that they made those ideas and our our hopes and and fears and 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 desires that they made that come to life was was beautiful to look at. And I'm, I'm, I'm still amazed every time I see what, what the two of them have done together. It really, it, it was extraordinary. And I, especially Eden, who plays Leo. I, I wonder, was he genuinely able to comprehend the emotions that were being asked of him? Yeah, I think, I mean, well, I, I, I think, you know, there's this, there's this saying in an in an Edouard Louis book. Edouard Louis is a French writer. And I don't know wh which book it's from because I've read them all and they have all become this one. But there's this, this quote in there where he says that it's so unfair that I'm 16 and I feel like I have led five lives. And I feel like for some people that counts, I think Aiden is one of them. But then next to that, I think we often underestimate just how emotionally intelligent kids are because they are still so connected to the heart and and that they have a sort of pure radical essentialism when they talk about the big themes of life because they do not say things out of expectations or because they are accepted they say things because they feel them and um, when we talked with the boys about the script about masculinity, about friendship, about loss in, in the broadest sense of the terms, they said incredibly intelligent things. And in many ways, they shaped 
you know, I think, I mean, not the framework, not the mise-en-scene, not the, but they shape the nuances that we then brought in because, mm-hmm. yeah, because they do really talk in a very philosophical way, if you allow them, about, about these very big teams. And I feel like in, when they go to school, what is very stimulated is the language of the head. And we don't always l- make them listen or stimulate the language of the heart enough, I feel. And so they are eager to talk about the language of the heart because they feel they can't do it enough. And that is something that we have tried to really give them this platform for to really express what they felt and how they how they sensed things. And it is, it's really interesting um, when adults try and give children a platform, like in the film where the, the children are allowed to sort of articulate their feelings in a in an adult sort of sterilized environment. It's actually it doesn't work for them, for the children, you know, and it's really interesting to see how adults have got no comprehension of how to draw that out in children, really, in, in a way that a good film might just do the trick. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's also this, of course, this, I think there's one also team in the film, which is really this, this idea of looking for language or learning how to speak. And, and maybe I think the film is a sort of invitation to speak because there are so, there's so much left unsaid and there's so much buried, like sort of buried in an armor. And I think I, I think as an adult, I'm, I feel like I'm only learning how to speak now. And, and, and I, it's maybe I wonder if, if that could happen earlier. I think absolutely. I have a 12-year-old and a nine-year-old, and I'm I'm definitely going to show them this film. And and I and I do think it is you you have touched on the unsayable that when you see it and you then you know what you know, you can articulate it, you can talk about it. Does that make sense? It does, and it's 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 through the stories that we we see and share and the stories we tell ourselves that we we shape ourselves and therefore the world we live in so i in, in please yes show it to your children talk i will and i've just got one more question quickly before we have to wrap up and um, this is an absolutely beautiful film cinematically gorgeous tell me why this needs to be seen in a cinema i'm well, one of you <laughs> yeah no i i i'm here to defend i'm here as a sort of advocate for cinema because i think that what we you know it's a very different experience seeing something at home with people you know or experiencing a piece collectively together in 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 the darkness because mm-hmm. i think there's so much of course about the piece about the film but there's also so much about the connectedness of space uh, of people all going through one and the same thing and maybe from different perspectives but sharing emotions, whether they are laughter, whether they're joy or whether they're grief, there's this possibility of collective catharsis that I so strongly believe in, especially after a moment in time where we were so separated and where we were so disconnected. For me, cinema is a bridge, not only 
between an audience member and what is on screen, the characters, but also between audience members. Yes, it's a, it's a collective ritual. And I think when you see it collectively, the message goes into the collective unconscious and permeates out into society more quickly, I hope. (laughs) Thank you both so much for joining us today. I can't tell you how much I enjoyed Close. It's such a beautiful thing. Thank you for making it. (laughs) Thank you very much.